listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. This is the Rainmaking Podcast, and my name is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the show. When you're in front of a client prospect, or you're on the phone, and you're getting information, you know what that's called? It's called a discovery call. And we're going to talk today about executing great discovery calls. And our expert is Don Kelly. Now, Don struggled as a new B2B sales professional years ago. Fortunately, he was able to receive the proper training and guidance, which has led to his success as a software seller and the formation of the sales evangelist as one of the world's leading sales educational organizations. Now, remember, if you're a rainmaker, you're really selling your services regardless of what type of services they are to your prospects. You've got to know how to ask good questions and close the sale. Don's going to share that information with us. Also, check out his podcast, The Sales Evangelist. We put his links to his show and to his bio and to his LinkedIn page. So make sure you check those out and connect with Don directly. And if you get some great ideas from the show, please, I'd really appreciate a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcast. As always, this show is sponsored by Leopard Solutions Legal Intelligence Suite of Products, Firmscape, and Leopard BI. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. Thanks for listening, and I hope you get some great ideas from my conversation with Don today. Hey, this is Scott Love with the Rainmaking Podcast. Our special guest today is a celebrity trainer in the area of sales. His name is Donald Kelly. And our topic title is Executing Great Discovery Calls. Don, thanks for joining me on the show today. Scott, thank you for having me. And I'm, I'm humbled to be here. So uh, hopefully with the things I can share today can uh, help some of the rainmakers out there be able to improve their game and get even if a 1% better. Absolutely right. And I'm honored to have you here. You've been doing this for a while. I was on your show years ago. You've been podcasting a while and we'll talk more about your podcast. And but I appreciate all the giving that you do to professionals because you've got something that they want, which is information. And our information we're talking about today is executing great discovery calls. And so let's get some working definitions in order. What exactly is a discovery call? When does it happen? Why is it important? And what can people do to get better? And we'll start with what that is. We'll start with the definition of that first. Yeah. So with this, I want to, before I do the definition, I want to preface something. I learned from once from a mentor. He says, the, taught me the platinum rule. The golden rule, treat others the way that you would like to be treated. The platinum rule, treat others the way that they would like to be treated. Yeah, right. In a sense, like the way you do your podcast, you don't start off with me talking about my background, all that stuff. You mm -hmm. go straight into the meat, which is where your listeners want. And I think the important part for that is, is critical when it comes to the selling component. The discovery, most times as a sales professional, we think of it as us extrapolating information from our buyer so that we can know how to help sell them. But in actuality, it's your buyer doing research. And sometimes, 99% of the time, your buyers don't know how to buy your product. So they're trying to discover, learn more about you and how to make this actual purchase more so, I mean, just as much as you're trying to get information about them, about their time frame and about the budget and all of that information, pre -qualif the qualification, you need to make sure that you're providing that. So they're doing a research call. So focus on it as a research call and help them to discover just as much as you're trying to discover. So if I were to preface put a definition on it. This is a process in which the buyer, you help the buyer understand as much as they can to make an informed decision as much as you understand how to help them make that informed decision. So you're both discovering. This is interesting. You just kind of blew my mind in 30 seconds and you gave us <laughs> talking points for a three-day seminar in the, in the last <laughs> 60 seconds. So let me first start with 
they don't know how to buy your product. What do you mean by that? And why would you even say that? The last thing I bought that was um, trying to think of a significant purchase that I did recently. Let's say we moved in this office building. I've moved into an office location probably twice in my business career. So I don't understand. I don't do this every single day. You're signing multiple year leases. I forgot what we did last time. Even business insurance. We just re-up our business insurance. My wife was calling me and asking, what are some of the things we did the first go around? I'm like, I don't remember what we did the first go around. So when the salesperson is on the phone with her or talking to us, like I don't remember. So they assume a lot. Like This person <laughs> understands our jargon. They understand our business. They understand how this purchase process goes. They understand the next step. I know none of that or I don't remember any of that. And um, though I may understand that, yes, I'm going to have a conversation with them, they're going to give me a proposal and then we're going to sign. That's the only thing that I know. But can you guide me? Can you help me to understand? Can you help me with like a project map? You know these the intricacies of making a purchase like this. Guide me along that path. And the seller that's best guiding me are the one that's the one that I'm going to trust the most because you're going to seem like you're a consultant rather than an order taker who's just waiting for me to say, yeah, I want a, you know, a $5 million policy uh, for my office and voila. You know what I mean? I do. There's a difference in that. And that's where the true rainmakers, they help you understand things that you didn't necessarily know before. And that is where power comes in and it empowers you as the buyer. Now, it puts you in a driver's seat as a buyer, but really the true control is by the, is the salesperson having that control. And yeah. unfortunately, not a lot of people know how to do that or do it at all. Okay. So let me, let me kind of press pause here. There are a couple of things <laughs> you mentioned here. And I liked what you said, the seller who is best is that person that is guiding that prospect through the process. And they seem like a consultant. Uh, you also mentioned that we shouldn't assume too much. And I like the example you gave, and I appreciate that. And this is something that in my work, when I'm recruiting partners, I think this is rote. I think, well, they should know how a headhunter works in helping them transition from one organization to another. Because I do this all the time. I've been doing this since 95, before the internet. They should understand this, but they don't. <laughs> and some of them, they've never even thought of this. I've got one candidate right now. I've never done anything like this before. I have no idea what I'm doing. And that reminds me that it doesn't seem like we're talking down to people when we give them. These are the basics. This is the process. Step one, step two, step three. And I would think that they actually trust you more when you take that level of care and concern to explain this is where we're going to go. What do you, what do you think about that? I love it because yeah. go back to our, uh, it got me excited here, Scott. It's like, uh, go back to my like Neanderthal reptilian pea brain here, right? <laughs> if you break it down so simply for me, say typically, Donald, when folks like yourself were coming in purchasing a business policy, here's what we typically do. One, we get a chance to understand where they are and if they even need that much, why you want $5 million. Two, maybe you can get a cheaper policy that can still fulfill all your requirements. Two, once you've identified that, we help you with a proposal. We show you the different options that can best work for you. Three, you're going to need certain documents, and we're going to show you those things. And then four, we talk. We go ahead and kick off the policy. Now, when do you want to start your policy? Is that by July 1? Great. Right. So let's work backwards and let's accomplish those four things. Let's start off and figure out why you need the five mil in the first place. That's what I'm great. saying. There. You That's gave great. me a roadmap. You just and 65% of the population are visual people. 65% go in any country, go do any research. 65% of people are visual learners. So if that's the case, it behooves me as a sales professional, pull up a freaking PowerPoint screen and just show me those four things. And then I can easily check them off. Oh, we did step one, step two, step three. I'm done. I'm ready to go to policy. But you get off the call with me. You assume I know what's the next thing. And I'm sitting here in la-la land. And Donald Miller says, when you confuse, you lose. So if I feel confused getting off that call, 
I'm going to stall as much as possible because I'm going to say, I'm going to research it. I need to figure, learn some more, Donald. And why, by me doing all of this, I'm just stalling. I'm, I'm pulling this out. And then yeah. somebody comes along and guides me who's a professional who's been down that path and they show me what steps to jump on. I'm going to go with that company, even though they may be more expensive, but they just guide me a lot better and made it easier, made it flawless for me. You're absolutely right. I mean, this is common sense, but I think when we're in the middle of our work, we can't even see where we are and what the problems no. really are. We're too close to it. I can solve anybody's problems except for my own dime, right? You know, and so... <laughs> you make your kids have the worst shoes, right? <laughs> absolutely right. So let me let me see. There are some other things you mentioned. You talked about the true control. You, you talked about empowering the buyer, but the true control is with the salesperson. What do you mean by that exactly? Questions, effective questions. The people, you know, if you go to, this one may sound silly and, it, and I, I, I'm a very fundamental person. All of my sales practices, everything that I do follow the lines of just mastering the fundamentals. When you look at a, a, a legal situation or you go to, God forbid, you sit down with the cop, the cop is in control. They're asking right. a question. The investigator is going to ask questions. Those people have the authority to do so. And we relinquish the authority over to them. But oftentimes, if somebody's an order taker, I'm not going to relinquish authority over to them. I'm going to try to push back as much as possible. I don't want to be sold on anything. But when a true seller comes around, they make the questions they ask are very intelligent. And that makes them in truly in control. And I'm willing to answer that. And we've been taught since grade school that whenever somebody asks you a question, it's customary for you to, uh, to respond to that question. But when it's a dull question, I don't want to respond to that. I push back maybe with an objection. But somebody asked me an effective question. Um, Donald, I'm not sure if you realize, you know, small businesses like yourself, $5 million policies can, you know, really be an impact, you know, but 65% of companies never, ever pull out that much, uh, need that much insurance. Are you sure you want to get a 5 million? Holy crap. I didn't think about that. Or why $5 million so important to you? Well, one of my friends have a $5 million policy. They told me that's what you should get. Hmm. And so again, they're asking questions that make me think and make me want to respond. That gives you as a seller true control, but it helps the buyer to feel like they're in control as well because they're they're being they're being asked questions. They're sharing their insights. You're not being tricked or coerced into something. They're making this decision, but you're giving them the options on what to make the decision on. Am I making sense on that? You are. That's great. And so let me ask you this. You mentioned 65% of people are visual learners. How do yeah. you think we can use that as uh, to our advantage, to our prospects and our customers' clients' advantages when we're communicating them, especially during a discovery call? Oh man. So one of the things that I like to use, uh, I'm a big Canva person. You can go ahead and use Canva. You can share the screen because the same sales product, show them the buying process. Don't call it your sales process because again, that's one-sided. Go back to the platinum. So you might say uh, decision-making process. I, I listened to, uh, it was one of these, you know, I'm in South Florida, right? So you get those commercials that come on TV and I'm not in that age range, but you know, you get the retirement home commercials. They're like, uh, We'll send you out a decision guide. And I'm like, holy moly, they're not sending a brochure. They're sending a brochure when they call it a decision guide. Wow. I'm like, this is such a genius change. So on the decision guide, it's the same thing. You might say, you know, it, making a decision, um, a policy decision guide. This is what 99% of our customers over the past 30, 13 years of us being in business, selling policies, this is what 99% of our clients do who partner with us. One, two, three. Show them that steps. What is that? Even if it sounds basic, even if it's like recruiting and you just, you know, it, it's simple. My wife just went back into the corporate world. And that's one of the things that she did when she went into the corporate arena. It was like, she met with recruiters and she didn't understand their process. She was out of the game for a while. So now imagine if they visualize and show her, Christina, here's what this is the first step. Here's the second step, the third step. And then this is what will happen when you start. Awesome. 
didn't know that. I forgot that. Again, we assume so much, but in, in a discovery call, if you're meeting in person with a prospect, take out a sheet of paper, outline it. If you have a, a, a tablet, pull it up and just show them. This is a decision process. If you're on a Zoom call with them, this is a decision process that people go through. And then let's start with step one. And then you ask the questions regarding step one. Tell me a little bit more about what kind of role you're trying to get into. Tell me why you want to get back into the corporate arena right now. What industry is important to you? Don, I want to challenge you. You mentioned you want to do real estate. You have a lot of information there with sales. Why real estate only? Why limit yourself to that arena? You know, but again, I'm guiding that process. And as visually, I know that we've just went through that tunnel. So then now I'm going to the next tunnel. Now we find, identify what kind of role is best for me. And we go into find it out. What are some of the key things in a company that I want? And then how soon am I getting, looking to get back into that, into that position? But it's just a simple visual. But then now I know when I finish that call, we are here at step two. So step three is for me to get some offers. And then step four for me to finalize my decision. You made it super easy for me. Thanks so much, Tom. If that the person's name you're working with. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. So let me ask you this then. It seems like you understand and really believe in a process that- 100%. You know, and I can just read because I've talked to so many people on this that you, in your mind, you're thinking visually and you have like, here's the different uh, step one, step two, step three. Do you think that people in sales or business development, should they flow out their sales process on paper just to kind of see where they go from initial prospect to close and follow up or what? What do you think about that? Yes, to the yes, to the nth degree. But again, don't call it your sales process because you're hustling me at that point. Okay. Call it a decision guide. You're an expert. It's like, it's literally project mapping. And this is why um, in, in our industry, in the sales arena, and when I did a, you know, selling to large enterprise level organizations, one of the things that we use, and people call it different terms, but essentially it's a mutual action plan, right? Where it's labels and it doesn't have to be complex. Mutual action plan, usually for like enterprise level deals where it's a complex things. And even you probably don't remember all the stuff that you have to do. You have to do tech evaluation. You have to get, uh, you know, these type of the IT involved and all of this stuff. But I realized when I saw that and how deals work and that it was pretty much project mapping, I was like, holy moly, this is exactly what that is. We can use that. So in commercial real estate, my wife was in that industry at one point, similar idea. They're like, People are getting, um, you know, leases and there's so much that needs to happen and they don't know what to do. And I'm like, use a mutual action plan, <laughs> project map, the darn thing, show it to them. And it makes, when I, when that started, when that hit me, I said, let me go and do the research. And I realized that 65% of human beings were visual learners. I was like, this is a no brainer. And then I started seeing more companies take advantage of this, especially in their discos. And the key part to that, again, is that you make the buyer, the back in the days, the person that had the information, when we didn't have the internet, that the buyer was like, they were in the dark. And people don't like that. If you look at the way people buy these days, like whether it comes to like a, a product growth company, like say if you if you go and find, um, I don't know, like a CRM or even Zoom, for instance, you didn't need to deal with a salesperson particularly. Right. You can go on a website and you could do that. They take away that from you. But in certain situations like us that are in professional selling, professional sales and selling services, it's not as easy to just sell that on a click on a website. But we don't, if, if you just show it to the buyer and help the buyer guide them through that process, they want to feel empowered that they are making a decision and that they're doing it. And when you can visualize that for them, don't, again, don't call it a sales process, call it the decision process, the decision guide. Just lay it out for me. There's no tricks. There's no gimmicks. You're pretty much like Carvana, but that is the way people are wanting to buy. And that's the way you buy. When you, if I tell you, I need a new phone case right now, I am going to go to Amazon and I'm going to feel that I'm in power because Amazon makes it easy for me to do so. Don't make it complicated for your buyer, make it easy for them but guide them through that process. You're, you're a professional, you're selling professional services, but treat it like you're uh, almost like, um, you know, they can just go and pick and choose. 
And if you can do that for them, you just make it super easy. It releases attention and ask effective questions. They see you as a consultant, as someone in authority, and they're going to relinquish that, uh, that power over to you because this guy knows what he's talking about. This guy right. seems like he's a professional. This is great. Again, in the last 30 seconds, you've given us talking points for yet another three-day seminar. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let me ask you this. You mentioned releasing tension. What do you mean by that? And why is that significant in the sales process? Because everybody knows what's happening in the sales process. The salesperson is trying to, and it is traditional sales process, right? The salesperson is trying to, at the end of this, get money. And the buyer is trying to, they're trying to purchase something, but they just, they're being cautious as well when it comes towards making a purchase. Yeah. So that, that, that thing there just kind of makes it all mucky. So we know what the outcome is, but how do we get there? And is this person really going to help me? So there's a little bit of tension in that. But take away the tension. Release that tension. Yeah, this is a process that people make the decision. And not, not everyone goes with us. And that's another caveat. I met with a client yesterday. I'm doing a consulting with them. They're a startup. And uh, one of the things, I was, they, were on a, they were on a discovery call. And I was a part of the discovery call with them. And I listened to it. And one of the things that they, they, they didn't follow a flow. They were just all over the place. And everything got done. And you know, they felt, this person felt like uh, they didn't quite answer all of their questions. I gave them some coaching after that call and gave them some guidance. And one of the things I told them is that separate yourself as exclusive and tell people right out the gate, you know, and I learned this from my Sandler experience way back in the days, right? But the principle still applies no matter what kind of selling you do is you let the buyers know there's a way out. There's an exit door if you so be it. When I go into a building, I'm not, I'm, I always want to look, I'm not a, I didn't do military or anything like that, but I always make sure that exit just in case, right? So it's the same concept. What is that exit? And when a buyer knows that there's an exit, there's a parachute, there's a way that they can get out of this thing and you're not going to quarter them and try to tell them to buy something or do a stupid Ben Franklin clothes or one of those dumb things. Like they feel this is going to, this is a, I can trust this person. The sales become supernatural, not supernatural, becomes very natural at this point. There's not tension. You show them and then now you can guide them through that process. This is what happened. Great. We're not a fit for everyone. This is really helpful. And I think that the people that are selling professional services, especially to sophisticated prospects, they want people to feel safe. And I love what you say. And I think that you said it. A lot of sales trainers wouldn't say that. Give them a feeling of feeling comfortable, like they can leave at any time. Here's the exit ramp uh, because they're going to anyways. And at least when you tell them this is where it is, they will trust you. And if there's a concern, yes. they'll share it. Maybe you can overcome that if it's in their best interest to do so. Or maybe they're just really not the right kind of prospect for what your offering is and they're never going to buy anyways. But then at least you've built goodwill and can get referrals. Who knows? So what are some of the pitfalls kind of going back really to this discovery call where we're in our discovery call? And I like the way you set it up so it's mutually beneficial for both parties. What are some of the big pitfalls that people need to avoid or watch out for that can trap them into uh, not being effective in this area? Yeah, I, I think some of the things is the feature benefit. We feel like, so let's back up. When we have that conversation again, you're in control of this thing. I had a demonstration once, a meeting with a prospect where we were talking initially in our disco and he gave, in a discovery call, he gave me what he was looking for. It was funny, his name was Jermaine and that's my little brother's name. And when I met with him, he said, we were still a software at the time that helped companies and uh, school districts and government organization goes paperless. He was over at IT and he says, I want, I can't remember the exact challenges he was facing, but he told me that, that one thing, when we did our demonstration before the way that we did it, we sat for like five minutes and told you about our company and our company history, and our background. 
And then we went into all of the process and, you know, we go through all our 10, 15 things that we're going to show you because this is a, this is a road, this is the routine. This is what we've done for everyone. So we're going to do the same exact thing. And this is a, what, sorry, what marketing taught us, so to speak, I would give a demonstration. So in his point probably was going to be like step number five or six down the line. But once he told me exactly what he was looking for, I skipped through all of that. And I went straight to step number five and I showed him that particular thing. And then he was like, good, I'm done. Let's go ahead and get the proposal. That's because right. he didn't need everything else. So what I mean by that is that at the top of your disco, what I like to do, you build rapport. It's still the human nature. That's still important. I'm not saying you sit down, you make, we pretend we're friends, but like for you and I, we started this call. You didn't say, Donald, let's go ahead and report. You said, Donald, we remember we were on a podcast a while back. You were, I remember you were at Eagle Scout and I'm Eagle Scout. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. Now a lot of Eagle Scout I've done an interview with. So right. instantaneously we came back, you know, the relevance there. And then from there, we, we went into what we're going to be expecting. You told me about what the show was like and who we're mm-hmm. speaking mm-hmm. to and what's the topic. The same thing needs to happen in those discos. And most people don't do that. So again, with this client that I was meeting with, they started and then they said, hi, you know, I knew you were referred to us. And then this jumped in and started spitting out what is throwing up all about their product and about the, the service that they offer and how this worked and, and all of these things. And it led to more confusion. That's why the buyer at the end was so confused. It was a little bit of a train wreck, but I think it's salvageable. <laughs> so the point is, if you can fix that, the way you do it, start off the, you know, do your pleasantries, maybe do an introduction, who we have on a call. We got Scott here, we got Mary, we got Lisa and myself. So it depends on how many people from your side of intros. You know, I want to make sure this call is effective for you, Don. So here's the things that we're going to be covering. I want to learn a little bit more about you and what you're looking for. Then I'm going to, uh, based on that, tell you a little bit more about our firm and how we typically help clients, you know, based on your situation. And then we'll dedicate the last five minutes of this call to uh, make a decision. If it makes sense for you to continue with us, I can give you some options, how we can move forward. Or if it's not, we can uh, part ways. And if you're in South Florida, I'll be offended if you come and we don't go. Sounds good. Like, <laughs> this is great. So smooth. smooth. So smooth and sincere, which is great. And so, so as we kind of bring this to a close, if you could give three action steps to our listeners, what can they do to get better at what you're talking about? What would those three action steps be? The first one, I would say, Rick, if you have possibility of looking at your pa- any of your past discovery calls, your first okay. call with the prospect, if it's recorded, go back and evaluate and see what you did and learn from that. The first thing you need to do is, again, follow that basic plan. Do some basic pleasantries, give them an agenda. If you can do that, you're going to be light years against uh, ahead of uh, the, the next salesperson. And then also, once you've given that agenda, you want to make sure you use some kind of visual when you explain your services. Um, three steps, four steps, five steps, whatever's in your decision-making process, your sales process, um, show them that and dedicate the last five minutes or three minutes of your call. And whatever comes, that last three minutes, you have to stop there and go into the decision-making, whether it's to continue, whether it's to provide more information, whether it's to part ways, but give them that though and and guide it. Because if you do that, all of this, you seem like you've done this before, you're in control, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust you to take to the top of Mount Everest, um, so to speak. So that's, I don't know if I give three there, but I just, I think there's, there's three in there. Definitely. <laughs> and and so tell us about your offerings. Tell me about your podcast and we're going to put all of your link information on the show notes. So tell us what is it that you have and that you do that you'd like our listeners to know? I appreciate this. Um, the thing that we do, uh, my podcast is, and the business that we have is solely focused on two things. One, helping sales professionals, three to five X sales pipeline with quality opportunities. We teach you how to find those deals. We teach you how to have the effective conversations. We teach you everything you need to build pipeline to three to five X, whatever your quota is. And then the second part, we teach sellers how to double their close rate. Wherever they are, we can show them how to double their close rate 
But a lot of that comes back down to the first part, getting quality opportunities into the top of the funnel. And especially in this climate right now, 2xing your sales pipeline or 3xing is not enough. You got to have more deals because even if you do everything perfectly, you have amazing discounts, things just happen. And uh, you got to make sure you prepare. So we teach people that. We do that in the form of a sales training cohort. We run cohorts every other month. We have one on LinkedIn prospecting, teach you how to generate three to five appointments per week using LinkedIn. We have another, and this is without spamming. We have a business development cohort where we teach individuals who are doing a lot of business development, how they can go about doing that effectively. And that's wow. about, it's a five week. And then we have a um, sales mastermind. And finally, we have a sales foundation program that teaches you the whole sales process. That's great. Uh, wow. Wow. That's fantastic. And it sounds like it's a very robust offering that can help a lot of people out. And thank you for being on the show, Don. I'm really glad that you came on here. It's good to reconnect with you. I'd love to have you back on here later in a few months because you've got some great ideas that I know that can help our listeners out very much. Thanks for being with me today, Don. Thank you so much, Scott. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.